All right, well, we're here for episode 12 of the Shellcock Podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes, and today I'm here with Noel Johnson. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here. Super glad to be here. Awesome. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I'll just kind of start from when I had first met you, because you had started coming to Kansas City Punk shows probably like three or four years ago, at least. About, I'd say actually a little bit longer than that. I'd yeah. say like around 2012 2013 so i guess like five yeah probably five years because i remember i probably first met you at like one of the like a a bad house show probably because yeah what were some of the first shows that you were making out to over here um it was either it was like tied between like i was like well the first shows i found were either like emo shows or like punk shows so like the first show that i positively remember was like I believe a show when like the dollhouse was still the dollhouse mm-hmm. uh it was like beta boys and a couple other pants or something but yeah that was in my novice phase and what what kind of led to you of uh, finding out about those shows did you have like a friend that brought you out or what, how'd that work um just a little bit of uh finagling I guess like um no one really knew about me at that point and like I just like requested a bunch of people on Facebook and I was like, I gotta make it to a show, I gotta make it to a show and eventually someone sent me an invite and I was like, we're doing this. And yeah, cause you're originally from like what, what like city or suburb did you come out from? Uh, it's like 40 minutes south um, east of here, it's called Peculiar, if you're mm-hmm. familiar something like that, yeah, it's like if you know Belton, it's like a a walk from there, Raymore. It's a walk from there. You know, little places like that. Mm. And I know, like usually, like just came with like a carload of like other peculiar folks, and yeah. everybody's like, "Hey, we got some some new people here. What's up with these guys?" Yeah, like most of them weren't really familiar with like too much like things of the type at the time, and then like we just got acclimated really fast because that's what we needed at the time. Mm. Yeah, and we're. Like I'm, I'm trying to remember. Were you in like a band with some of those people, or yeah. was it some? Yeah, what was what was that band you were playing in back then? Um, at first, that band was called Birth Defects, and then we found out there was like a, a similar band with a with the same title, and then we called ourselves like Narcotic Here after something we read in like a fucking book or something. But like, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we uh, damn, like I don't remember that people still remember that. Um, yeah, it was it was real fun. We played like one or two shows, and then you know, it was a high school band. Mm-hmm. So that's and you were singing in, in that one, right? No, no. Oh. Actually, I was playing guitar. In oh, okay. Band. Yeah. Didn't start vocals until much later. Mm-hmm. And um, so, what kind of led you into like seeking out um, the these punk shows that you wanted to go to? Like, what were some of like the first bands and stuff you got into like just maybe as like a teenager or a kid um in terms of like punk music or just anything that really like kind of grabbed you at first well um oh god i don't want to start too far back because that's going to be embarrassing (laughs) uh okay i want to fuck it uh (laughs) i guess like the first god for the people who hear this, I'm really sorry. Uh, the first band, literally, that I ever found in my life was, like, Fall Out Boy. And I was, like, nine. And then um, 
you know, I guess around when I was like a teenager, I was like, okay, this is weird. I'm going to grow up a little bit. And then like somehow I found the locusts through all of that. And just like, I guess it was really weird because like going into the punk scene, I had like no idea what I was in for. And I had like a locust back patch on and I was like wearing like fucking like Jesus lizard and like the plot to blow up the Eiffel tower and like weird shit. And like, not that it's that weird, but it's like, you're probably just kind of like at that stage where you're like, show me as much weird, loud music as you can. I don't care. Like if it's all cool or if it sounds similar or not, like definitely a lot of people have that stage. Yeah. 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 And I really didn't like, I was, I had listened to a bunch of like, you know, basically straightforward for the lack of a better word, punk Mm -hmm. at the time. But like, you know, I was expecting, for some reason, I don't know why I was expecting to see, like, a fucking Locust-type band <laughs> at a show. But I was, like, I was so hyped for, like, you know, just just really weird shit. And I found a couple of bands like that. Of course, there was, like, Roach Blunt at the time. and like Yeah, that was a cool band. Similar bands. But, like, yeah. You know. You know how it goes. Yeah, and I, I remember seeing Roach Blunt. Like, a, I think the only time I really saw them was at Art Closet. And I know that was like a pretty important venue for a lot of people going to shows back then it definitely was that was i'd say like maybe the second or third video i ever actually visited in kansas city Mm -hmm. and so um so eventually you were playing in um birth defects and then what was it called after that um narcotic here narcotic here and then um i don't know so when did you really first discover like electronic music and that kind of stuff? Because you perform as Bath Consolidated right now. Yeah, um, it started, I believe. Well, I had gotten into like noise music around 2013, 2014, and um, I was just really looking for a venue to explore like different things because, like, at that time, not that like I don't know. I suppose that. Uh, just, uh, I mean, like, I liked, I like playing guitar. Mm. I like punk music, but like, it was just definitely time to find something different. And I found Noise, and then I found this um, artist named uh, Prurient, and um, one of the songs, like, one of their like premier, like, biggest songs, is called "You Show Great Spirit," and it's like a ten minute long, like, techno epic. And I was like, wow, this is actually something that I can be interested in. And I was like, then it just all went uphill from there Mm. essentially and what what do you kind of like gravitate towards most like in that music like what kind of like subgenres and sounds really like appeal to you um i mean i suppose like just like as like that type of like inherent like music fucking like fiend like that like thrill that music thrill fiend just anything that like gives me that inherent thrill that like finding punk music initially did so like it doesn't necessarily matter the subgenre but there's like i don't know there's like so many different subgenres of electronic music that really aspire to like find a specific energy and then thrive off that in a really interesting way that like is very similar to what punk does but like to me personally not to talk anything about punk but like does it in a way that's a little bit more up to date and I just like I was like oh, okay this is what I need to do now. Mm. Do you do you see like punk music like eventually opening up further into like 
using electronic and noise influences? I mean, um, I mean, I feel like the two of like traditional punk and um, experimental punk, electronic punk, or just like things like industrial punk, just anything of the sort, noise rock or anything of the sort, mm. just can. I feel like punk is a genre where those things can just coexist. Usually, I mean, like people do whatever they want to do in this genre, like just like techno, like techno. If you like a specific subgenre of techno, you're just gonna make it. Mm-hmm. And that's what people do. So like so do you kinda of like having like the control that like digital like music can kind of give you? Is that part of it? To a degree. Um because like, you can really like fine tune different elements of it. Well see with um I feel like with electronic music actually it gave me I was a little bit I mean like I'm I can hardly consider myself a producer. So when like I was approached to like make electronic music, I um, I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. So and it's still at this point like I mean I know a little bit better, but like I'm not you know fucking a professional producer. I just like I hear things and I'm like, wow, that's a really cool idea. Maybe I should like expound upon that as like my you know my, from my personal view. But I mean, it never comes out exactly the way it does. But it's always something. Mm. If that makes sense, it's really interesting to see what happens. You're you're saying that someone approached you about making electronic music. Who? What what, what do you mean by that? Was someone that like like Hey, let's let's do this together? Or oh no. um, Well, it was more so just like me and my friends discovering certain artists and like. like I mean, like we all had like computers or a laptop, and we were all just like like intermingling the idea of like, oh, what if we did something that was like electronic, just like this thing or this thing or this thing, and eventually I was the first one to like do it, and then you know that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. And I know I didn't I I still haven't seen you perform live too many times, mm-hmm. but I remember one of the first times was at the Sandbox, oh, yeah. and. Uh, you and your friend played that set. Who, who, who was that? You, like, do you still perform with someone? Or um, I don't normally anymore. But yeah, my friend um, Jared Corbin. Shouts out to Jared. <laughs> yeah, he was in uh, Birth Defects slash Narcotic Year or whatever. Hmm. And then like he was really interested in what I did, and so was like the vocalist of that band. And like sometimes we, I don't think, I don't think the vocalist ever actually did kind of the DJ thing that he was doing at the time but like I don't know they were both very compelled by like what I was doing just because we were all compelled by electronic music Mm -hmm. to a degree at the time and like sometimes I need someone to like you know just press play Mm -hmm. and uh, he was always there and at least for like at least the first dozen shows something like that Mm -hmm. because yeah uh, I I think that was a show that Noah booked yeah, yeah, no. And I think that band Juicy Sixty Six from like Iowa played, or unless that was a different show. Honestly, like the only, I mean, there was a, the Noise Fest at the Sandbox, but that's mm-hmm. I don't think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, I wasn't at that one. The show before that in February, um, February like 2015, something like that. Um, I I just remember I think it was Rat Bastard opened. Yeah, that I don't actually remember the following band, mm. but yeah, 
yeah, that was that was an interesting bill and Very like you can't you kinda manage to scare everyone. Yeah, out of scare the half the room out of the sandbox out of the already small sandbox. But yeah, yeah. That was that was still a fun performance Definitely. for me to watch. Are are you do you like do you kinda like disregard like a lot of the older uh bath consolidated music you made or do you do you still like are you still into it? I mean, <laughs> I accept it. Like, I'm not, like, going to deny. And I'm not, like, necessarily ashamed of it. Mm. I'm, like, I don't know. I'm very interested in artists that, like, display their growth. I don't want to be, like, I don't ever necessarily, even though, like, I've, of course, I've deleted a couple tracks that, mm. like, I don't feel showcased what I'm capable of. But, mm. like that you can still find them on like YouTube or some other site like they're just you know I have certain sites that I display as like necessarily like a portfolio as what I can show mm. but like you know I'm not you know there's still an archive out there exactly anyone's into it yeah 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 so what what were um some of the first like recordings that you you made and released um <laughs> The first track I ever made... Well, no, wait, wait. Um, the first recordings I ever released were these... It, it's um, There's a noise EP on YouTube, actually. Um, at the moment, I forget the name of the EP, but uh, if you just go to YouTube and type in Bath Consolidated, um, it's, it, it was based around this... I'm, I'm a... I'm, primarily actually a writer before like music just because that's what I started out with before music and um I was just I was in the process of writing this children's book based on like a lot of um I was kind of rediscovering my history and I discovered like a lot of like Haitian culture and like basically like you know um like Jamaican culture and like things like that and I was discovering a lot of religion that was based on that and like it was based on basically a Haitian voodoo children's story that I wrote and it was four songs long and like the last song like involves like a prayer about like ritualistic suicide it was it was a really interesting project but like it was majorly like noise based there was almost like no techno influence whatsoever so yeah and the project after that i launched you know face first into what i do now mm. and so you said you had originally like written that story was what did you like originally plan to like release it as like a written thing or like as a small book or a zine or something or? yeah yeah definitely it was just like at the time i just thought it was like somewhat absurd for like a kid from the sticks to release a fucking children's book <laughs> about haitian voodoo <laughs> especially like the topics that it concerned like like growing i mean like as a trans girl like growing up and finding yourself like like one of like the plot stories about it was like like a woman who couldn't bear children like that has no place in a fucking children's book sometimes you know like this doesn't make any fucking sense no one's gonna even be interested in this at least for the most part yeah, you could probably you could probably unload some of those at ZineCon if you wanted to <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can Set make like table. 25 bucks something like that yeah <laughs> But I mean, I mean, it was it was a very it was a very necessary path that I went down. But like, I don't know. I just after that project, I realized there was so much more than just making 
noise. Mm. You know, there's so much more that noise and genres that are quote unquote experimental can offer besides just being, you know, loud and cathartic. Mm. Has, has being a trans woman really um, inspired or like played into directly like a lot of the stuff you've worked on since then? Surprisingly, not a lot. I've only really made, I suppose, two or three tracks in like my entire life specifically dealing with transness, just because I feel like there's so much more to my personal identity than just that, and I don't want to, I don't want people to get caught up in identity when it comes to my music, because I feel like, I mean, I hope that I have a lot more to say than just what has to deal with my specific identity. And what? What kind of um, like themes and well, you said your your music changed a lot after that yeah. first EP. What where did it kind of start going after that? Um, I was really interested, like after specifically like this, what I talked about with um, finding Prurient, that song "You Show Great Spirit." I was I, after that song, I became like very like enthralled with the idea that you can create something that is brand new. Like, for some reason, you know, growing up as, like, a punk kid, you think, like, oh, punk is, like, the cutting edge. Punk is, like, the new thing. Punk is, like, what you need to be, like, you know, I guess, like, anything even remarkably cutting edge. Mm -hmm. And, like, quote, unquote, of course. But, um... Are you talking shit? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that, like, you know, I discovered that, like, every genre of music has, like, um progenitors and like every genre of music has like a proto creators I don't yeah know. and there, there's like incredibly like weird and interesting pop music out there exactly that, you know so it just depends on the style you want to go with i guess yeah and for some reason like being like i mean like growing up in that city like you're exposed to so very little so when i discovered like oh no matter what i do i mean like no matter what genre i decide to like indulge myself in at the time I can still create something that's very interesting and very new so what was the original question? I no just like kind of where your music went like sonically after the, the noise EP you did. Yeah yeah I well of course I discovered like you know um, techno and like breakcore and like all those different genres just through like diving headfirst into electronic music like um, I like I I know I feel like I can't even go through an interview without mentioning Atari Teenage Riot because if you're I don't know if you're familiar with that band Um, just like really a pivotal band in the 90s for like um, I mean it's hard to it's hard to say what they were doing was necessarily political even though no matter what song you listen to you're going to hear a political message I think it wasn't even so much about the message but what really enthralled me was the fact that um they weren't so much concerned with about like what they were saying as much like the energy they were putting forward and I feel like it like reminded me a lot of what punk was doing but like kind of sometimes fallen short of just because you can't do anything for 40 years and always be on top of the game (laughs) so like when I heard that I was like okay it just gave me like a room for catharsis that was actually legitimate because it was like, okay, I'm just saying these things, and even though they aren't as in-depth as, like, a fucking Foucault speech, like, it's still, like, relevant because 
it puts forth a specific energy that people need in order to do certain things in the political realm. Mm. And that was really the inspiration for like, I guess like every song I made within like the last couple of years, besides like the things I've made in the, you know, the last recent couple months, mm. like the last release I made, I could not have made that if I had never discovered that band. Mm. And yeah, the, the latest release you have is called a uh, mill you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What is like, is there like kind of a running theme on that one? Would you say, or definitely uh, I, uh, what's, what makes that project interesting to you? Um, I think it coincides with the title a lot, which was like the main focus, which was, um, Emilio being like the environment that someone might exist in. And I mean, I'm dealing, I'm, I was trying to find a way to explore, exactly what environment I dealt with in a way that was not concerned with me specifically, I guess, which is so hard to do because, you know, you're talking about you. How do you deal with things that just aren't you? But like, it was more so, it was more so about like, okay, I know what I am. I know what people would label me as. I know the things that I've existed through. What are these experiences relevant to in terms of a widespread audience? Like, um, like, as a trans person, what does this have to do with like me as a representative of trans people? As being a poor person, what does this have to do with me being a representative as a poor person? And just like things like that, and exploring like through every single song, just like you know, um, what does this mean to me, and what does this mean to everybody else? I suppose. Mm. And I know there's. I might be mistaken, but I think there's like one song on there that has like this kind of like apocalyptic like like there are all these like tornado sirens Precision. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What like what kind of inspired those those elements on that song? That track is like it's it's it, I mean it's surprising, but it's not surprising that that's usually like the most well received song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I know you kind of put it out as kind of like a single, like yeah, you released definitely. it before that. I had played that sh- I had played that song a lot throughout the last couple of years. So just kind of the reception you got, you're like, oh, okay, people like this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, the further I played it, the more I understood why. Because like that song, I guess more than anything, is about being like a millennial in this age. It's about like um, procession. I guess what I could say about it is about um, the lyrics are like. I, like the last lyric in the chorus is I am running from the mouth of modern time and it's like it's about this feeling of being like paralyzed within like this like political realm that you completely understand but you have no idea what to do and like just um, trying to fight but like you're just constantly afraid and constantly in fear and you have no idea how to help anybody so you're just stuck and like I guess that's what that song is about and I feel like that's a necessary thing to like express because people want to you know front like they understand everything that they know what to do and that they're ready to fight the fucking war at any time (laughs) but it's like we have no idea what we're going to fucking do and it's like necessary to confront that if we're going to try to figure out something else Mm. yeah because maybe even like particularly as like a young person right now like there are just like a plethora of like problems in America that you're yeah. kind of exposed to, but there's no way you can like contribute to s- the solutions of like 
each and every one of those so you kind of feel probably a little bit helpless and definitely yeah and i feel like people even if they don't even hear the lyrics there's something that resonates throughout that song that is like definitely like like i feel like that's even though there's songs on that album that are like maybe angrier or like more like you know whatever that fucking thing is that makes me make music like i feel like that song even if you don't know the lyrics like you're just you're ready to move and like that like that entire teenage riot spirit of just like the spirit but you don't know anything else that's i guess that's what primarily inspired that song Mm. it's just the spirit and like what else do you do after that Mm. yeah and um so i know you were saying that that song gets a pretty good reception most of the time Mm -hmm. um and you, you kind of perform it live pretty often. What, like, do you have any like favorite live shows that you've performed recently? And like, because I know you did, you've you've been doing Noise Fest pretty, like like they've they've had two already, and the third one's coming up. Mm-hmm. I played every single one. Yeah. Mm. Um, my favorite shows. Uh, I, oh God, I wish I could remember. Um, I guess the favorite show I've ever played was um upstairs at focal like the usually they played downstairs if anyone doesn't know but mm. yeah this time they were playing upstairs and it was a uh, sissy spacek it's like this kind of like john weiss is like i guess the forerunner of that band he's um a pretty prominent um experimental musician and he just i don't know the backstory of Sissy Spacek, but I guess he just fucking randomly decided to start a grindcore band that's, like, really inspired by, like, noise and power violence and things of the sort. Mm. And um, I feel like that was just at a certain point in, like, the Kansas City DIY scene where, like, everyone was just ready. Everyone was excited and everyone wanted to be there, Mm. which is, like, surprisingly hard to find. And as far as like um, like the environment of the shows, like do you usually get like kind of a like a physical reaction? Like do people like kind of mosh to like any of your music? And is that something that like you get excited about, or do you really just kind of focus on what you're doing? We'll see. Um, I mean, I feel like no matter how much you like dissociate yourself from the environment, like there's a certain point where you at least look up and you're like, oh this is the response people are having. And like, I've learned to be appreciative of most responses. Like, um, I'm not a huge fan of when I hear people talking casually about what they're going to do after the show, but <laughs> that's my, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone response. likes hearing that. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen a lot where people will just stand there and like, be like, what do I do? And I can appreciate that. But at that show specifically, there was like, almost the whole crowd was going fucking crazy which was like really exciting and just really like because like that spirit that I was talking about like even if I can't channel a specific message through my lyricism like I'd like to at least channel that spirit mm-hmm. yeah and um so and I know you recently you did this like this 14 minute you called it a, a mega mix mm-hmm. with um Ian from Throat Breach. Yeah, yeah. 
and yeah how did how did you first meet up with him and what was that collaboration like he actually played that show that i was referring to Mm. um at the time he was um under the band napalm meth great name too (laughs) right (laughs) they're they're both really good names so definitely can't lose but um i just really wanted to work with him that was a very very casual project Mm. like we were like at one point i was like do you just want to fucking like because i had played a lot of shows recently where i was like i don't know there's not like too many artists that's in kansas city who sound like i do Mm. so when an artist comes to kansas city that sounds similar to what i do there's not a you know a shit ton of options so usually i end up playing that and i was just like man i'm fucking tired of this ian do you want to like do a thing and he was like yeah i sent him like just a fucking like 15 long mix of like noise and gabber and then he did grindcore over it and that's how that whole thing ended up yeah i was kind of like i was like just from listening to it i was kind of just imagining you two like just locked in a dark room and just like <laughs> going crazy making that but i don't know it is is recording music for you like a really like like intense cathartic experience or do you just kind of like slowly just kind of chip away at stuff um i suppose the latter like um electronic music specifically even though i try to incorporate as many like aspects of i can not just specifically electronic music but like a lot with like the more recent things i'm going to put out soon like i've been involving a lot of like analog instruments and things of the sort but like with like electronic music it's not nearly as like you're not beating the shit out of a guitar anymore like and just having it sound the way you want it to yeah so like in order to like i mean like possession was one of those songs where like i wrote it and it was cathartic because like i was just mashing buttons for a fucking hour Mm. if that makes sense like there was no rhyme or reason to that song i was just cutting shit up and like mashing buttons and that felt like very similar to what i was doing with the guitar which is why i feel like people resonate with it but like I mean, from, like, most songs I create, like, it's a very, um, it's a very, it's a process, I suppose. So there's not much catharsis until you reach the live setting, Mm. which is really enthralling because it builds up really well. Because, like, you just imagine how it'll hear in the live setting, and it just comes out sometimes really well, sometimes really bad, but usually really well. Mm. And you're saying that there aren't a lot of other like Kansas City acts that sound like you. Is that something that kind of like inspires you to any extent, or like do you kind of wish there was more of a community for you to participate in? Um, I guess to like both to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm like proud of myself for being able to like be a voice in a specific location that is like very specific and very recognizable but at the same time i mean if there was 20 bath consolidateds in the city i wouldn't be too pissed off it would just push me to you know do something different Mm. or like something a little bit more you know i don't know like i would i would be very compelled to create things further if um there were 20 more of me Mm. should should i should i start my own like noise electronic projects just so like just to for the love of god (laughs) do it (laughs) can't promise it'll be any good but 
No, neither could I when I started. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, you said you are playing uh, Noise Fest coming up here. It's tomorrow. Sa- oh, it's tomorrow. Well, yes. actually, I'm playing Saturday. Never mind. By okay, the man. Fest. So this will already be out by, I mean, that will already have happened when this comes out. So hopefully that goes well and you can <laughs> give me an update on it. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, are there... Are there any other shows you have booked coming up? And yes, yes, mm. actually, um, I uh, there's this like very like gothic industrial techno act that I've been listening to for like at least three or four years now that it like was like truly on my bucket list to play with because he's I mean he or they I don't really know their pronouns they're just um, truly like they fit kind of a certain theme so well their name is um profligate i don't know if you're familiar i've heard the name and yeah did did they play uh like the thing that happened in at the replay in lawrence recently maybe mm, oh, no. no okay not... that was plague blague i believe yeah, yeah. plague blague is also amazing but um profligate um i don't know if you're familiar with the festival savage weekend no they've played that a couple of years but um uh, Profligate is just um, one of those artists in like techno music and like electronic music and just avant-garde pop music that like definitely fits a certain niche very well that like isn't explored that much in Kansas City anymore, especially after like um, 2015 when like Negative Space was at its peak or just things similar to that. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, it's um, I, I believe like. The, um, the first time I ever even heard of Profligate was at a, a show at Negative Space, an old venue in Kansas City called Detox. Mm-hmm. And um, it just blew my fucking mind. It was so... Um, it had... It, it's, it's, it's aesthetic to such a perfect degree that, like, it compelled me to, like, do more things, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And so when... So you're you're playing with Profligate coming up? When when where's that one? Um that will be at the at the venue I'm co renting with a couple of my friends, Lola Rat and Evie Gross and um a couple of other people involved. Mm. That's an awful house. Yeah. Awful house. When when when's that show happening? September eighth. Right. And so yeah, you mentioned um negative space, which I know was kind of like a, a big electronic experimental venue that Kansas City had. But also a very big punk venue. I want to acknowledge that because there were a lot of um, really interesting punk bands Mm -hmm. that shouldered that venue. Yeah, I know Beta Boys played there at least once. I never got to see a show there, but Mm -hmm. how would would you say that, because I know that was an important part of that scene, but how would you say that Kansas City's um, electronic and techno, like, I don't even really know like what to what to call exactly the the scene that these acts are in, but like how would you say that scene has really evolved since you've been active in it? Um, I mean, there there aren't a lot of places to truly like for people in the city to truly explore themselves in the realm of electronic music, and I feel like that was one of the places, and I hope I can provide that with awful house and um but there it's kind of digressed to be honest like um there's a a bunch of people still trying their very hardest to make things happen and i'm 
really happy for those people, and I'm really happy for any show they book because they do great things. But um, that was definitely a venue where, like, the people running it had a little bit more, um, I guess, um, national access, I suppose. They had a a little bit more of a voice. And everyone else in the city has, like, maybe, like, a voice in a certain scene or a voice in Kansas City. But, like... It doesn't reach on a scale that, like, reaches press, I suppose. Mm. And how, how, like, how did that venue, like, end up, like, not happening anymore? Like, what what did happen to it? Uh, The same way most venues go down. I believe they just couldn't afford it anymore. Mm. And they had other things to do. Were they, you said they, like, were able to pull, like, a lot of more national stuff. Were they, like, from out of town originally, or...? Um, I'm not going to presume too much. Mm. I, um, uh, I mean, I knew them as like, like barely breaching the, the uh, barrier of friends for like at least maybe one or two of them. That's really all I can say. Mm. You know, like, um, I'm not gonna, I believe they grew up in the city, at least a couple of them, but that's, you know, they're. They're um, they're all about doing their own individual things, doing great things, mm-hmm. and which is um, as a person trying to run their own venue is pretty, I suppose, inspiring for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Not so much that like I'm trying to follow in some sort of fucking trail because that's you know outdated and absurd because you know this is what I'm doing and not what they're doing, but. Um, you know, of course, everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. And so you kind of mentioned that um, your new music is kind of branching off again from what you did on Milieu. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's kind of inspiring this, this new direction that you're going to have? Um, just like, I suppose, the discovery and like maybe... Um, late 2015 to early 2016 of just this new burst of artists that um, were a lot closer to my demographic, I suppose. Like, I'm talking about, like, um, black people. I'm talking about, like, POC in general. I'm talking about queer people. I'm talking about just, like... And I suppose just, like, the burst of, like... um, globalization in the realm of electronic music just like kind of everyone discovering each other and creating new things just based on what they were hearing so um yeah globalization i suppose is the best (laughs) you know answer for that but is it is it sonically like a lot different from what you've been doing or like what it's a little bit about it's changing from that influence it's a little bit more um complex it's a little bit less based on um, I suppose I'm trying to stray away from the punk aspect, mm-hmm. but still have the same energy. And um, so, because you said you had mentioned, like you mentioned that um, you kind of had your beginnings just like as a writer, mm-hmm. and like you wrote that story that ended up being the first EP. Yeah. Uh, have do you have any other like writing projects that you've been working on, or like what were some of like the first like writing projects that you had been working on um 
I, I, um, that's kind of hard to pin down mm. because I've just been writing since I was a baby. But um, at the moment, I'm kind of giving it the backseat. I've been, I mean, I write poetry all the time and I like post it to my Instagram. That's mm. really all I do in terms of writing right now. I, uh, I used to write like short films. I used to write uh, little novellas, but like at the moment, um, I suppose I'm just trying to find what fits me best in the realm of art. Mm. So yeah, and at the moment, like you know, poetry doesn't find an audience anywhere, and I'm interested in finding an audience not because I want to get big and famous and crazy, but because if I was to like, I don't want to preach to the choir all the time, you know, mm. I want to be able to talk to people about what I do and have it actually make an impact. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's something that might be a little different from the, the approach of most artists. Like a lot of people are just like super committed to like the medium or the format that they're working in. They're like, no, this has to be uh, a rock album yeah. or like this has to be a short novel or something like yeah but that's that's pretty i think it's admirable admirable to be willing to kind of like shift your medium to to fit like the audience that you want to yeah. have i feel like in like the world that we exist right now it's far more compelling to do that it's far more compelling to like which is like there are like certain mediums that i feel like are exceeding other ones because their um, their interest is far more practical. It's far more interested in people rather than themselves, which is, even though I feel like is uh, a response to a capitalist society, I feel like is far more effective. And and you so you find music a little more like people oriented and like yeah I find, accessible. Um, well. Um, I find music a little bit more actually people-oriented in the idea that the person creating it created it for themselves for the most part. I feel like it's usually a much more cathartic experience because it's much more of an indulgent experience like for anyone involved, really. Mm. But um, like, say, um, maybe a medium like fashion. Like, um, there is, like, it's much more based on trends and like those trends are important because that's a response to something you know you're reading someone's interests you're reading what people want and what people do and like especially in this time that we exist in now like i feel like even like fashion itself has become a response to like a political realm which is very interesting to me and like there's many other mediums that do that and that are trying to do that Sometimes I feel like music has fallen behind because, um, you know, you know, anyone who picks up guitar isn't making guitar, I mean, isn't making guitar music just so they can, you know, talk to people about why they're making guitar music, (laughs) which is like kind of frustrating, which is the only reason I've really fallen out of touch with like music in general and like guitar music specifically punk kind of like music and art really in general just kind of loses its political aspects when you when it's not about the people involved yeah 
So would you like? Are you particularly interested in fashion right now, or is that something you have been like oh, really interested in before? Definitely. Um, I'm just not too great of a visual artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of my things are displayed through messages and you know intonation, and not really necessarily what you're looking at. Mm. Is that something like you just kind of want to explore at another point or something? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, but you know that. Um, even though fashion is much more responsive and political in that sense, but like it's not nearly as accessible mm-hmm. to most yeah, people. Yeah, it's kind of like resource intensive if you exactly. want to yeah. be a young person creating their own clothing. Definitely. Yeah, which um, I mean, yeah, that's that's that hits the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, is there anything else that you're like working on coming up that uh, you want to talk about? Um, for sure, yeah. I've got a couple of projects coming up in the near future, specifically musical. Um, I'm working on a project with a vocalist from Kansas City who's incredibly talented and um, like in really the tr- traditional sense, almost operatic. And um, we're going to be working on things pretty soon. Hopefully I can get that out within like the next couple months. Who's that vocalist? Uh, see, the thing is, we've discussed the project very casually before, so I don't want to like call them out uh, and like, okay. have them hear this and be like, oh my God. Oh, so you're telling it. everyone about our project now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll, we'll hear about it when we hear about it, I Definitely. guess. Definitely, yeah. But um, like, is, do you have, like, could you give any clue to like, what that will sound like musically like sure um there's um there's an artist that i've actually been very interested in lately specifically their earlier work their name is um alicia crampton they're um just like this like trans latinx i believe they're latinx i hope i'm not getting that wrong and um like their work is like very um based in their culture and like very based in like i mean but like sonically i suppose it's based in like um, it has this like um, deconstructed club aspect that's intertwined with like um, modern composition and like avant-garde composition, which I've been like, I mean, avant-garde composition has been like one of my interests since I was like fucking twelve. So like now that it's found like um, a niche in electronic music, I'm really interested in pursuing that. And so. I probably would have had no clue what an avant-garde composition would be at 12. Were, were you learning like music like classically or something, or how were you kind of exposed to that? Um, my, my, um, my parents and a couple teachers throughout school, were um, they knew I had specific interests, so they were very interested in um, having me pursue music. So, I mean, I discovered a couple things, and then once I, like, bit, for the first time, bit that little, like, urge, I was like, oh, how deep does this go? So, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to cite a bunch of, like, classical artists, because I'm going to get a lot of shit wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to, like, avant-garde composition, like, that's usually been my main point of interest, like, beyond, because, like, that's how I got into punk, really. That's why, like, you know, The Locust was, like, one of the first bands I liked because they were, like, really weird. And I was like, oh, 
this is punk, but it's fucking, you know, insane. So, I don't know. But beyond, like, I, that's what punk was to me when I started out, was, like, like um, the forefront of accessibility when it comes to the avant-garde, at least in terms of what I had discovered. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's yeah, it's probably, yeah, you, you called it, like, pretty accessible, so. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, there's not much that's easier musically than picking up a guitar and playing three chords so and yet that's, somehow, it's a great starting point yeah exactly and, and not to not yeah of course not to like demean it in any sense it's a very interesting and compelling art form but like you're right it's definitely a very accessible thing yeah which it needs to be in order to be in any way whatsoever revolutionary mm-hmm. and um so that's part of what inspired this one project you're working on that will hopefully be out pretty soon. And you said you had a second one that you're working on too. Well, just to clarify, um, that whole mindset more so inspired what Bath Consolidated is to most people. Okay. Not so much like this current phase is, um, I feel like with that first project, that was me displaying that you can create things with very little resource. Mm-hmm. And that was the point of accessibility. But at this point, um, I kind of more so just want to um, interest people in um, like newer ideas that are like, I suppose I want to like take fucking, you know, the things that are happening at like MoMA PS1 and bring them to your fucking TV, I suppose. I want to, you know, take these like ideas that are like so stuck within the realm of avant-garde and stuck within the realm of academia and maybe bring them to someone's fucking tape player, some kid in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. And what, what are some of those, those MoMA PS one ideas that you're interested in? Cause I like, I like just being like into like punk music and rap music. Like I hear about like these perform like those shows that they'll have there. Like they have, they've had like, show me the body play and they had cardi b one time like recently so what what are some of like what makes that interesting to you um what makes it interesting to me um like what what well i actually just don't know much about moma ps1 in general so like what are some of the what what goes on there um well i mean i discovered that whole thing through just like artists like avant-garde artists that i was really interested in specifically one that i mentioned before alicia crampton um, and um, it was just very um, I felt when I saw those artists perform and like when I saw what they were doing I like part of me was like in love and part of me was like furious because like it's still like no matter how much like they tried to like no matter how much certain artists try to involve like revolutionary tactics and like things into their work um it's still stuck on this level of inaccessibility so i guess that's like that was like my main interest like oh i found these artists that are like doing something that like i feel personally that like people in like music school should be reading out about like 40 years from now yeah but no one knows about it but there's specific reasons why none of them know about it. I just know about it because I'm a fucking like loser who like <laughs> researches shit on the internet all the time. But like, you know, I feel like uh, a kid 
a, blo- a couple blocks down the street should know exactly who these people are. And that's not always their fault, but, you know, they should still know. Yeah, you just kind of want to be bridging that gap yourself, I guess. Exactly. Just, like, connecting people with bigger ideas through, yeah. like, the music you're making, I guess. And not so much just, like, sonically. I, um, I mean, I don't want to be in DIY forever for the rest of my life mm. because that's fucking exhausting. Yeah, because yeah, you mentioned bringing, you said bringing those ideas to TV. That's... Yeah, I mean, like, I don't expect to ever be on TV. But, like, um, more so just the idea of, um, like, you can exist in DIY, and maybe one day you can still perform at a stadium, and then one day you can go back to DIY. Things like that. Just, like, there's no reason why any of these ideas that are being created should be constricted to a specific area. Mm. Because that's silly. You know, we're past that. Do you have like? Are there any like avenues in specific that you you'll like? You kind of hope to use to to bring those stuff to like a larger audience in the future. Yeah, um, Awful House for one. Like, um, I have no interest in like reaching towards MoMA, and I have no interest in towards reaching towards punks. Like, I have interest in reaching towards people who have the same ideas in mind i have i you know i want to reach people who want everyone to hear this not just a specific type of people i suppose mm-hmm. you know and i want to put like certain people on like i want to put my people on of course because you know usually they're the ones who are not at shows but i mean like other than that like i want I want everyone to know exactly what I'm feeling, not because I want them to know how I'm feeling, but I want them to know that there are other, that there are people who have empathizable, if that's a word, feelings, and they're not in the same demographic that they are. Mm. I want people to understand that, like, the ideas that we're all having right now, we're all having. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's just a very basic like kind of revolutionary like political mm-hmm. idea just, yeah i mean we have to start with the basics because you know that's the start yeah the and, start. and yeah empathy is a very basic human emotion that uh like you do kind of have to take to people sometimes i guess yeah which is you know that's what we need it's what you got to do surprisingly yeah um, so yeah, is there anything else uh, you're working on that we should know about, or what's um, coming up? A couple of other projects I'm trying to reach. Um, I've been dabbling a little bit within like DJ, the world of DJing, which I believe is an, a very unappreciated art form. And I'm also trying to involve, I mean, involve. Um, some performance art aspects into that and that'll be coming up in the next couple months definitely so look out for that yes. and i know uh awful house is hosting like the um altar yeah. events is, is that going to be part of that or hopefully yeah we haven't actually discussed that yet i've mm. just been you know writing events yeah uh <laughs> for, for anyone that isn't really aware what is the what is altar um, I don't feel like that can be properly um, described by me, more so by um, Boy Boy, one of the uh, proprietors of the space. And um, but as well as I can describe it, it's just, 
if you're not familiar with the Boy Boy's work, it's very um, eccentric, very uh, um, conceptual, and like based in just like really just even like taking a simple word and like expounding it into this very like surreal environment, I suppose. And um, they do that very aptly, and I'm really happy to be able to work with them sometimes. So um, come out, and like you'll get your fucking mind blown. I guess is what I'm saying. It's alter, I guess. You know, in in layman's terms, it's just kind of like a very like experimental like art event, like performance art and music and that kind of thing. Or see, um, I suppose it's more like a very experimental party. Yeah. Like it's like um I feel like there's a very like I mean as an art school student from like I mean not me but boy boy like um I mean I feel like eventually by the time you graduate maybe you're I mean you're very interested in the world of art and like as like a professional field but like also you're also very interested in the world of just you know art and not the professional field and mm. just being able to like exist in like maybe like a party scenario or mm. maybe something else and just like exploring these ideas that isn't surrounded by academia but involves academia which is why I'm very interested in working with them mm. and probably like I've I think I've been to like a handful of like parties that are like mostly art school kids and yeah. like after a minute, you're like, okay, <laughs> this is just a normal party, but there's art exactly. school kids. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you kind of want a little, maybe a little more out of your, your party experience. Definitely. definitely. So. That's what Boy Boy provides. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, and that's, like, on Facebook. You can just find Alter Awful House, and I'm sure that'll pop up. Yep. But, um, yeah, I think that's... Uh, Right about an hour, so that rounds everything. Uh, if you have anything else you want to shout out, or if people should like follow you on any social media, or and I know Awful House has a, a GoFundMe for like supplies and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So people can find that on Facebook and Google. Um, that'll be on the Awful House page. There's currently two Awful House pages. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm like, which one? <laughs> the correct Awful House page actually has like a profile picture and events posted on the page. If <laughs> you find either one and it's two words one is like one word but the, yeah. the right one is two words awful the right house. one is two words yes <laughs> okay <laughs> but um yeah also i don't know i guess follow me bathconsolidated.bandcamp.com uh soundcloud.com slash bathconsolidated um i think i have a facebook or some shit i don't know <laughs> uh i don't know just if you find me find other people and then follow them too I guess that's my shout out awesome and yeah people can go to shuttlecockmusic.com to watch more of the podcasts and all that stuff and follow at shuttlecockmag on twitter and instagram and there's a store on the website if you want to get a t-shirt and a button that's that's the best way to support the podcast buy that shit (laughs) buy it (laughs) and um make sure to watch the ADD podcast with Jason Barr I think that's it. Thanks for hanging out, Noel. Super glad to be here once again. Awesome.